Hello, welcome to another fun, fun episode of Untold Riches. We are at episode 20, and today, because it's our first recording of 2023, it's just going to be us guys. It's just us guys going to be riffing. We are going to riff for 45 minutes to an hour. We are going to talk about heavy-hitting material today, stuff that I need to get off my chest. It's been burning me solid. I'm not a big jump on social media and tell the world what I think about stuff, so I'm going to use this platform to do just that. And I have thoughts that I've been thinking, and I want to give those thanks to the world. So (laughs) kick us off, Peyton. What are we? Who are we? What is this We are Untold Riches. I'm Peyton Polychrones. This is my co-host. That way, Richard Bridges. And we're here to entertain you. Thank you for clicking play. You're in for a ride. Ride today. Yes. How's it been going, buddy? Uh, It's been going pretty good. Um, Like I was just saying a minute ago before we jumped on, I've been really getting into ASMR. Um, And I know this is like a thing that like everybody's been into ASMR forever. But it's weird because I didn't know that there's like a whole subgenre of ASMR that's just mouth noises. Mm -hmm. And... uh, I did record a little bit earlier me doing some mouth noises. So if we want to edit that in, we can. Um, you can hear me do my mouth noises. But uh, my son and my wife have whatever the disease is. I don't think it's a disease. Mm-hmm. But whatever the the issue, the mental uh, just struggle, that is mouth noises. My son won't eat in the same room as me because I make too many mouth noises. And most of that was because I had a deviated septum for years and I can't really breathe through my mouth, my nose good. So when I would eat, like I would have to breathe through my mouth a little bit. So I Mm -hmm. am by definition, a mouth breather. And he wouldn't, he just couldn't do it. He just like, I think he loves me, but he just couldn't be in the same room while I ate. But there's a whole genre of ASMR videos when I started getting like ASMR and then it was like all of the different types. Mouth noises is one. And I'll be honest, that gets the tingles going. It that does. is the tingles. It's, so. it's the opposite of nails on a chalkboard. Like it definitely tickles you in a weird way that I find kind of. I think the word titillating is appropriate. Titillating nipply? No, nipply's not it. That was that's weird. Fun. That's titillating a, that's though for titillating. sure. Is uh yeah, it's appropriate. But your hair stands up. It's it's odd. I don't really be careful what website you type the letters ASMR into because a few of them are going to bring up some very interesting content. I'll tell you that right now. All right. Hey, I got a question for you. My wife and I have been debating this. Is okay. ASMR inherently sexual? No, but I think it is sensual. Ooh, good point. I think it's sensual. I think it it does, like we said, it tickles a part of your brain that it's odd. It's like it makes you uneasy. I think it's like a half shimmy, half step, stutter step into sexual. That's how close it is. Yes, so. yes. It, and it can, it, it's like you said, it is one, one degree of context away from some sexual because it's sensual. It's a, it's yeah. a sensory experience. Like it in tech, tickle with a feather, you yeah. know, it takes something or eating a truffle. Like it has, it does something to your ears. We're not used to which is kind of strange. It's like the first time I went to a rock concert with my wife and I danced like an angry white teenager. And she looked at me with a lot of confusion because I was just like banging my head. Devil horns like, rah, rah. And she's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, my brain is being stimulated in a way that is not typically, it's doing funny things to me. And I have no rhythm. So it was just bouncing up and down and yelling. I wonder if there's the ASMR component in like music itself and like Mm -hmm. how it makes you feel biologically is why some people tend to be like, I like this music. I wonder how much of it's like circumstantial. Like um, you're younger and you hear a song and it's during like a time in your life where, you know, you're emotional or something good happens and then Mm -hmm. you have this positive association. Or if it's more like you get brain tickles and you're just like, I love that. Like I'm going to go like super heavy on, you know, 
EDM. Well, there's definitely there's part of it there because if you think about it, not to get too inside baseball here, but most music in popular Western culture is is do me so me do do fa la fa do. It's like the same couple of chords they repeat over and over, and they don't do a lot with it. Like atonal music, where it's like it's like a clash, definitely has a weird effect on your brain. Thelonious Monk, who was a jazz performer from the early 20th century, was famous for using what we call an augmented fourth, which is a C note to an F sharp, which is right between fa and so. I don't want to again, but it's a discordant note, and he literally went insane. Like a lot of his music has it, and it's amazing, but he played it for 20 years and then ended up like a crazy person. Like it. It can. The other flip side of that is when I was in college, I was a uh, part of a chamber choir. We went to a Greek uh, like cathedral, this beautiful gold dome ceiling. So the acoustics were incredible. It's all stone. And we sang Rachmaninoff's Vespers in Russian. And they have something in that called overtone singing. And that's where you sing vowels and notes that are so well tuned that they reverberate and two or four people can sing eight or 10 or 12 notes. They actually bounce back on each other and the feedback creates this thing and people are in the audience like snot crying. I was like on stage crying just because the music gets inside your brain and makes you weep with its beauty. Like it was. So, yeah, I think the same way good food or getting tickled can just have an involuntary response. I think sound definitely can do that. Uh, I want to go back to the part where you talked about the guy going crazy. So (laughs) I wonder if there's like. I wonder if in the future there'll be some sort of terrorism that's surrounding slowly making an entire population go crazy by exposing them to some crazy music. Uh, I mean, they did stuff like that, right? With like Barney, the Barney theme song at Gitmo back like 25 years ago or whatever. Oh. Wasn't that a thing? They would put people in like prison cells and play Barney or I think it was like some pop music too, like Katy Perry or something. And they would just play it on repeat over and over until people like, broke and told them everything <laughs> like it was just american pop music yeah is what that lion song was he's like i am the lion yeah i i got the eye of a tiger or whatever yeah like yeah if they played that shit on repeat all the time while i was in gitmo i would be like Bopping. they would let me out and i would change the world i'd be like i would be like the next jeff bezos or Elon. like i would be super empowered but by that yeah, yeah. um uh, jeff bezos crazy Elon Musk has not been doing very well the last He's not doing months. good at all. Like I was almost going to be like, yeah, it'd be Elon Musk, but he just got the distinction of setting the world record for losing the most, most money, like two dollars. Yeah, it's still 138 billion though. Like who cares? Like that's just, it's, all, it's all uh you know, it's like it's like somebody gave him a post-it note and was like, Hey man, this is how much money you have. You're the world's richest. And he's like, Cool. And then they hand him another post-it note and they're like, ah, oh, not anymore. And he's like, is that going to change my life in any way? And he's like, no, not really. He's like, okay, good. okay yeah. cool, good enough. Foot he, names, he names his kids like hashtags and stuff. He goes, he have that kid that's the like, new one. It was like XA dash ampersand hashtag something something BQ. I don't know how to pronounce it. No, that's what you get when you use the generation one neural net on yourself. And now he's half computer. <laughs> and that's that's what he sees hovering over his kid's head like a sim avatar. That's, he looks over that's where he went wrong. That's where he went wrong. He went too full crazy. He yes. went too full entrepreneur and going like, I'm going to use the neural link on me. I'm going to be the beta tester. Not realizing how important his noodle is. And right. now he's got like half a noodle. He's got a half nude. He's a little cracked. There's a, a, a documentary right now on, I don't know, Prime or something like that. But it's like, 
Elon Musk supervillain or superhero. And I was like, he's a billionaire. He's just doing his, I don't know. He's like, he's the equivalent of a, his own country at this point. Like, I, I think the thing about him is crazy is like, I can get on board with him other than like, you know, Jeff Bezos, when I was with Weikert, mm-hmm. he bought like some mill in mm-hmm. DC. It was like an old museum for $28 million, just like through a shell company and stuff. And he owns properties like everywhere. Mm-hmm. And he definitely takes advantage of his wealth. Like he, he has so mm-hmm. much money. And so like that, I'm like, man, eh, fuck that guy a little bit. But Elon <laughs> like lives in a yurt in someone's yeah. backyard. Like he he doesn't like I don't think he gives a shit about his money. It'd be cool if he gave me some of it. But like he That'd doesn't nice. he doesn't care. Uh, I want to take this back because you mentioned a word earlier that got it like it uh, it got my attention, and that word was tickle. Tickle's a great <laughs> word just in general. But number two, have you seen that tickle documentary? No. All right, you're going to have to definitely look this up. No idea what platform it is. We'll let our listeners let you know. Text Peyton at 7035. Just kidding. Just send us an email <laughs> to know what the Tickle documentary is called and also what platform it's on. But it's about this guy. And he is like this Tickle connoisseur, this like Tickle entrepreneur. And he's this, he's like super wealthy, but he's like, the documentary is is this, uh, this you know, new, you know, news journalist who's trying to like, crack into this world of tickles and you go online and there's all these websites and it's like, Oh, you know, it's video recording somebody tickling. And it's typically a dude. It's like a dude tickling another dude. And there's definitely a sexual element to it, but they'll like lure young men into these traps and they'll come in and they'll tie them down and they'll tickle them. But it's like torture. And he's interviewing all of these kids and these kids are like, they tickled me for hours. And it was just like real aggressive and it's like traumatic and abuse. And I don't want to make light of it or anything. Oh, okay. But like at the same time, like it's, it's over the top because it's tickling, but you come to find out through this like exploration and investigative journalist, he goes through and it all led back to this one super rich dude who lived in this um, like high rise in some city. And he was basically like, tricking people and pretending to be a bunch of other people and like the investigative journalists like it was crazy dude it was super crazy but to see like that being it's like subgenre of weird things like asmr is tickling yeah well, it's fear based right tickling is all based on involuntary fear reactions that's why you can't tickle yourself and why kids are so ticklish because it's like a predatory thing. That's what I, I remember reading that years ago. Just full on trying to tickle myself. You're right. Can't. Did doesn't work. It doesn't work. It's like licking your own elbow. It's not going to happen. Interesting. Is there any, do you yeah. know anyone who is not ticklish? Like, are you I ticklish? Mean, yes. Yes, I'm I am. Ticklish. I'm ticklish on my feet. Yeah. I don't know what that, what, why that is. I don't know why my, my feet are ticklish. Well, yeah, it's just when your body is like, it's, it's reprogramming your body. We talk a lot about reframing. Yeah. Like as a mental exercise. And I right. feel like your body does control your mind the same way your mind controls your body. So if you can hack your body through tickling, it's like that little thing. Like you, you know, I I got that baby that was on the, on our pre-show and yeah, he's a little baby and all I have to do is bite his tummy and he just laughs his ass off. Thinks it's hilarious. (laughs) And I'm pretending to be a zombie. He doesn't know what's going on. There's a line between good tickling and bad tickling. Like it's no good tickling. It's no good. T- it's abuse. Like you're right. My everybody hates it. Do you think that when you bite your son's belly and he laughs that that's bad tickling? No, no, obviously not. But I do think like it's self-serving. Like I don't think the tickled person really likes it as much as the tickler. I was all into tickling Ashley when I first met her, and she is so ticklish. And I was like, yeah. oh my god, she never laughs like this. She loves it. 
And then one day we were talking and she was like, look, we're past the point in our relationship where we're in the honeymoon phase. Mm-hmm. That is bullshit. Stop tickling me. Like yeah. tickle me again. And I'm, I'm like, but you laugh so hard. And she was like, because it's an involuntary response. I hate it more than anything. It's super traumatic and it's, I feel very vulnerable during it. I haven't tickled her since, but I had no mm-hmm. idea. I think, yeah, because like Miles is going to be seven in March and uh, he's definitely over it. Like he'll like getting tickled for a second, but you get your giggle and then you need to stop because otherwise you're, you're, it's called tickle torture for a reason. Tickle torture. Anyways, good documentary. You guys should anyway, check it out. I have cool. no idea what it's called, but tickling. tickling. Um, that kind of goes into like the other one that I had. We were kicking around like topics for today. Massages. That's yeah. like uh, massages is like, you know, you got the big news last year that that NFL quarterback, he he went a little too far when he definitely went too far with, with, with his massages. Um, and like that, that was crazy, but it like, it, it, it begs a point. I got into massages, maybe like I was definitely a full on adult, mm-hmm. maybe five or six years ago. I started going, my wife was like, we went to a spa on a trip and she was like, let's get massages. And I was like, that sounds dumb. And then we did it. And I was like, asleep and farted myself awake and like didn't <laughs> didn't have any context for how amazing massages yeah. are um but like the etiquette on massages like what's the etiquette when you're a guy or a girl and you're picking the the masseuse or the guy mas- masseur. masseur um like what's the policy here like what's the unwritten rules what's the real rules because I don't know, I feel like I've had a handful of massages, but I still worry that I'm not doing what is expected of me. It's just weird. What's your take on it? Uh, I don't disagree. So I had a massage last year on my vacation and I remember going in and I kept chatting and like I was having a conversation with this woman who was trying to give me a massage and it was perfectly fine yeah. and she was great, but she had like one headphone in and I think her expectation was I was going to go in and lay there and just like let her do her thing for 45 minutes and then I was going to leave. And I actually ended up asking her what the etiquette was. It's funny. You mentioned this question. Cause I asked her Yeah, and she goes, yeah, most people just kind of sit there. It's fine. We can talk, but like, they're just here for whatever. But I'm the kind of guy who like talks to my dentist through the, the, ah, like, ah <laughs> don't worry. It doesn't hurt that. Like I'm very weird about that. Uh, Cause I'm a little bit of a nervous talker. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think most people go in and they just kind of get massaged. Like you don't want to make the other person feel weird about it. I don't say anything. I like, say absolutely nothing. I'd say I'd say being silent, falling asleep, and farting is probably a, like a compliment, like a burp to a chef. Like I did it. I got him so relaxed. But I only ever have done. Um, I've only ever done couples massages, so it's very embarrassing for my wife when I fart. Oh yeah, I imagine we're both she pretty is, embarrassing. For she's like, wife. I'm not even with him. Like that's yeah. the other thing is when my wife panics when I do something embarrassing, she immediately like distances herself from me, like as quickly as possible. There was this time I had fun. This is a good story, just on the farting topic. You know, I have digestive issues sometimes. You know, I get it. Like, maybe, you know, this can be embarrassing. Everybody farts. I don't care who you are. You have farted at some point in your life. Like, so it's a common bond. We all are alive. We all pay taxes. We all will die. And we all have all farted. Like, mm-hmm. that's just, that is a, we know it. All right. So if that's yeah. our baseline, let's talk about like grownups here. But I met Ashley's dad. And I remember when Ashley's my wife, I met her dad. And I remember her being like really worried about me meeting him because, I'm me and he is like very professional and put together and well-spoken. He's highly intelligent. She has an immense amount of respect for her father. And I think she wanted him to like me because she like, she, she wanted him to like me 
because she liked me, right? Yeah. And so I was all nervous because she's like, hype this up. She's like, make sure you don't chew your mouth open because we already talked about that. Like, make sure you don't don't interrupt him during the story because I'm a great interrupter. Like, all of these things. So I am like been trained and groomed to meet her dad. First time I meet her dad and her family, it was like her whole family. We're sitting in their family room and her family's like storytellers. They love to sit around and retell stories or tell new stories and share experiences. And everybody's laughing and having a great time. Maybe we had a couple drinks in us. And I remember her dad telling this story about hitting um, deer and like him being like, yeah, I've, I've hit a couple deer in my car in my life. And someone was like, how many deer? And he's like, I've hit, I think like 17 or 18 deer. I was like, that's so many more deer than I would have. He's hit so many. And he's like, yeah, well, they say you don't want to swerve to avoid him. It's better if you hit him. I was like, I don't know who says that. Yeah. I don't think that's even a thing, but why have you hit so many deer? So anyways, he keeps going and he talks about, he hits this deer and it's in Centerville and he hits it. He gets out of the car and he's like, oh no, but it's still alive, but it's oh obviously not going to yeah. survive. So he walks around the back of the car, he pops the trunk and he grabs a tire iron to beat it to death. Cause he doesn't have serious? a Yeah, I'm dead serious. They, in his head, that's the way to solve it. Cause this animal is, is dying. It's been okay. right. Like I, he was trying to like go, I don't want it to suffer. I'm, it's going to die before I get like, it was mangled, you know? Right. Yeah. Uh, and he pulls his tire and iron out. He comes around the side of the house and there's like a woman who saw it happen and her small child had like run up and like <laughs> CPR, like, <laughs> and he is walking around holding this tire iron. Like he's about to beat this, this fucking deer to death. And this woman looks at him and realizes the monster that he is. And he's telling the story. And I thought it was the funniest thing I'd ever heard in my life. I started laughing and it was like, I had also eaten a big meal. So I was like trying to laugh, but like also not fart. And I farted so loud, but it was one of those farts where you're trying to hold it in. So it comes out 10 times more amplified. Yeah, just it like, like it was huge. It was like a duck, like a duck quack probably. And her entire family, every one of them just stopped in their tracks. And I shit you not, Ashley in her infinite wisdom, she says he has a loose sphincter. He can't help it. She thought that. Was the defense that he did at that moment? She thought, like, hey, he farted in front of my entire family who's never met him before, and he needs me to tell them that his butthole is a little looser than it should be, so he passes gas unintentionally. Like, I'm 25, maybe 26 when this happened, dude. Oh, of the man. Best of my life, but that's the thing. Like, that's a point case with her and how she, like, in those moments reacts. So, of course, we're getting massages and stuff. Maybe a little, maybe a little too comes out, you know. Mm -hmm. And um, she immediately is like, I don't even know this guy. You, you ever know, had I don't know acupuncture? Why what? You ever had acupuncture? No, I would love to do it though. It's amazing. Went on a cruise like 10, 12 years ago. Yeah. Uh, I've never napped. I've taken. I can count the number of naps I've taken in my adult life while the sun is up. I'm, no yeah. exaggeration on one hand. Yeah. And I'm on vacation. I go into this little room at the top of the ship. I'm looking out this beautiful window and this lady puts needles in my whole face. I'm laying there and I've got like my shirts pulled, like Does opened it up. Does it hurt when they put them in? No, 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 honestly not. It's because it, it doesn't only goes in a couple layers of skin. Like it doesn't really go in that deep. Really? Um, but she does like all along the top of my ridge of my head and like my face and my eyes. Then she does like my chest and my feet. And this like, okay, well, you just rest for a minute. I'll be back. And fast forward to, I don't know how much longer it was, but she's waking me up politely 
at the end of my session and I have fallen asleep with needles in my face. Are you the type of person that'll fall asleep anywhere or was this like out of character for you? No, I can't sleep ever. I, I sleep like five hours a night. I never sleep. I'm horrible at it. I see. So great. this was a miracle. Like it was, it worked great. I was pulling into Nassau. I look out the window, like the Atlantis is right there. The resort, I could see it out the window. It was amazing. I wake up and I was like, ah, it was very, very cool. All right. Well, so, yeah, try acupuncture. It is great. And during your massage, say hello and thank you. And if you say nothing else, I think you're solid. Because the last thing you want to do is say anything that makes it weird. Yeah. You're mostly naked. A stranger is like touching your back pimples, you know, with greasy hands. Oh, right. That's something I worry about is like, yeah. what do you do? With back? Like, is it rude for a masseuse to be like, I'm not touching that. I'm going to put gloves on. And then it's like, that's weird. It's like, why'd you put gloves on? Am I dirty? Like the whole thing. There's yeah. so many awkward possible scenarios for this exchange of like in a human yeah. situation that really makes me nervous. Like I'm nervous for other people and I don't even get that nervous for other people. But like in this situation, I feel very empathetic. Um, and all the other thing is like, I've had some experiences where I've had it and like the, the masseuse's breath isn't all that great, but they're oh. like doing work while I'm on my back. Like oh. they're like, you've rolled over and they're like, <sighs> and it's like, <clears throat> makes it real hard to enjoy. You know, those yeah, that would be a nightmare. Like, you know, how do you like socially, like, how do you socially like throw a Mentos in their mouth? Like while they're, while they're exit, like, ah, you just gotta, gotta, they're, they're, they're like, it's like you trying not to fart when they're working on your, your lower back, you know, you got to wait till they're back up, back up to the shoulders. And then you let that, that, let that tube go. Mind you, I'm asleep when that happens, by the way, it's a sleepy fart. I'm not like, so out of, <laughs> I don't actually have a loose sphincter. Like it isn't okay. a problem. Uh, oh, I'm glad you clarified that. Yeah. I, I feel like I needed to go back and go, go back to that. Last question on the massage stuff. Yes. Guy or girl preference or does it matter? Uh, I don't have any particular preference, Yeah, but I do feel like a masseur, uh, a male, like I like the strength, Yeah, but it doesn't matter to me so much. Like my wife likes a really firm massage. Like she'll go full shiatsu and get like elbows in there and stuff. And she's into it. I like to be massaged. Like it's a, it's a Saturday night. Like I needed to be delicate. Cause I just, it hurts. I don't like it. And I remember I, you know, I broke my leg like five, six years ago. I remember and, that. And I'm okay. Like I'm good. But what was weird is a couple years later, I'm relatively pain-free most of the time, but I go in and they're massaging my legs and my right leg is my good leg and no problems, no big deal. And they went within like six inches of my left knee. And I like cried. Like I was like, never, ever touch me again from mid calf to mid thigh. Apparently if you massage my leg, I will cry like a little a little baby. Like it was yeah. agonizing. So for me, doesn't matter. But if you like a good, like a like a good massage, you ever had somebody stand on your back? You ever been to one of those massage like no, my, my buddy, my buddy, uh <laughs> my buddy told me this crazy story one time that he went to this this massage and it was like um you know, they're, they're, the, 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 it wasn't run by like people who English was their first language. Right. Like Asian. And, and and he's like getting his normal massage, right? Cause yeah. he was like a, a bodybuilder and weightlifter. Mm -hmm. And so he would typically go in and use it for like therapeutic purposes. Mm -hmm. And this one time he had this lady and she was like, do you want, and he couldn't understand what she was saying, but she asked him like, do you want something extra? And he was right. like, uh, this could either be like really inappropriate <laughs> or like maybe this is just something that they offer. So he like took a chance. It was like, uh, sure. And then she gets up like up on the table and there's like bars on the bars seat. over top. And she yeah. starts doing like the walking on his back. But at the same time, she's just like <laughs> lube all over the place. It's getting everywhere. 
And, uh, and, you know, he's not got anything on under his blanket, but he's like tucked in and he's like, that's fine. She's walking on my back. That felt pretty good. Like no issues, got some back cracks and stuff. But he said the part that got him was she got down off the table. He is covered in lubrication uh-huh. and she like pulls down the towel. So his whole butt is exposed. Mm-hmm. And he said she did a full on elbow to point of finger credit card swipe down his buffalo just oh like my swiping she was swiping the lubrication out between his cheeks and he was so unprepared for that that he like audibly actually like audibly gasped he was like oh you credit card swipe <laughs> and she did it like three times and then covered him up and was like that's it that's and he was like i don't know if i want to pay extra for that he did because he's not confrontational <laughs> but like he told me that story and i'm like no add-ons ever like that like, yeah, I, no just go in got, for the hot rocks yeah exactly yeah you it's, knows, but well, that's the thing is uh two things about asian massage uh one very different approach like you go the european swedish massage it has a certain approach there's like different styles right um, the other thing is, and I read an article, so I don't want to act like I'm an expert or anything, but a few years ago I read an article, like you have to be careful because apparently that's like one of the number one places they put human trafficked people in your, like, to massage them. Oh, massage like, places. Apparently really? it's a thing. I don't, I mean, I'm an idiot, so I have no idea, but I read a thing. Wow. It was like an article from a reputable company. I don't remember who, but it was like, oh yeah. One of the things they do with human trafficked individuals is like force them into that sort of indentured servitude. Like you can go live in America, but for the next five years, you have to give massages for eight bucks and like work right. 10 hours a day. I mean, so you just have to be apparently sort of careful, but it's cool. Like they have a whole different approach yeah. to it, which I think is pretty neat. Like if they're big into like bathing before and after, and like, it's more of a, like a Turkish bath thing where you like go and you wash yourself yeah. and you go through like a whole procedure and, and it's pretty neat, you know, but again, it kind of ties into our theme of like self care which it kind of feels like, or That's body functions, if you want to, <laughs> like... Our unintended theme, yeah. Farting in ASMR and just tuning up your body. But we, yeah. see, that's the thing. Was, we're right in the new year. See, guys, we're recording this January. Right. It's going to post in February. Yes. But it is a time of, like, talking resolutions and, like, change. Yeah. And I just feel like you're... Just like the body can control the mind, the mind can control the body. Like, yeah. exercise. Everybody's like, oh, I want to lose weight and get healthy and exercise. And they want to do that to improve their mental state. And you want to meditate to improve your physical body and your anxiety and stuff like that. And all this is just the same stuff. It's like improving your diet or listening to good music that gets you in the right zone. Like it's all designed that way. Like on the music subject, I remember um, learning in school uh, because I studied music years ago, um, like orchestral music, again, to kind of go back to that, like Mozart, Bach, Beethoven, some of the greats, the way they stack the notes, you can measure the effect it has on the human brain. There have been studies on an Ivy league level where they put electrodes in your brain and play different music and they can track that it reduces anxiety, that it helps you focus, that it increases your study. Like that baby Mozart thing is legit. Oh yeah. Um, Yeah, I can see that. It's, and it's, it's not a, we like that music because it has that effect. Yeah. You know what I mean? Where our brains gravitate toward it the same way they do sugar, you know, because it tastes good. Love sugar. Like you don't have to choose it. Anyway, sorry to shut the podcast down. This has been, Music talk with Peyton Polycrum. Music talk with Peyton Polycrum. It'd be so boring. It'd be just a bunch of pop bops from like the 80s and 90s. No, no, no. I think it's important. Like, I I feel like I'm just now starting to crack this nut on music. Crazy thing is, is like when I was younger, I didn't care about music at all. Like when I was in high school, people like, who's your favorite band? Like I'd be dating like or trying to date a girl. Usually this answer killed it for them. They're like, what's your favorite band? I'm like, I don't really listen to music. And they were like, okay, you psychopath. Right. They would move on. Because for me, it was just, I don't know, it was noise. And to this day, I don't know lyrics at all. 
I will listen to a song based on its beat. Like if it's a bop, I will listen to it. I don't know the word. Like there's like a handful of songs that I know the lyrics to. And it's because I have probably listened to them 200,000 times. Yeah. But like the 97.1 Wash FM uh, workday songs. Of course, we all know like those. So funny story about song lyrics and stuff like that. So Sam Smith, we all know Sam Smith. He's great. Mm -hmm. uh, my wife went to see him at the Jingle Ball in D.C. last month in December. Um, prior to that, he has a new song that's been out a couple months called Un Unholy. I think it's called Unholy. This yeah. is a great song. I recommend a listen. Um, uh, but... We've been listening to it like with my my kid who's six, and he's great at song lyrics. Like he hears oh. everything. He's brilliant, and he loves to memorize song lyrics. So she goes to Jingle Ball, not having really understood what Unholy was about, and right. comes home. Do we want to do, do we want to give it a little soundbite? I have it pulled up here. Do we pull it up? We can only go fifteen seconds. I've learned that in other podcasts. Because then otherwise it's like infringement. But where okay. is, nobody listens to our show. Where does the drop start? Like, is it later in the song or can I just do it at the beginning? For I start at the beginning and let's, let's give it see. four seconds and see if it's. Like a body shop doing something unholy. Okay. Got it. Got it. Okay, Daddy's at the body shop doing something unholy. So you have a six-year-old child who yeah. has no context for this who's singing to this banger song that's just awesome, a perfect cross-section of my wife's you know, sensibilities and my own pop love, and it's a, an amazing merging of our, our genres. Yeah. My baby will literally, you put it on, and he will like, bob dab and he'll like clap. He loves it, and it is about a husband committing adultery at a brothel. Wow. <laughs> so that is the title yeah. of the song. That's a great, dude, you know what's so funny about that is like for Ashley and I, a ton of the songs that I love just the music for are about some dude being like a super adulteress or like leaving or his significant other dying or murdering them. Like they're yeah. all terrible. They're all, yeah. they all have horrible. She's like, this is your favorite. Do you have any idea what this means? And yeah. I'm like, no, it's like this guy did this and did it. And it was like a terrible father and he regrets all of it. And he's just trying to win back the love of his life, but he's ruined it forever. And she's moved on and married someone else. And I'm like, that sounds terrible. And she's like, are you going to take it off your playlist? No, no, it's great. The words. What do I care? So you're like you like country song lyrics with a, with a pop rock beat. I love that. Yes. 100%. Yeah. That's me. You just put, you yeah. just explain me in a, 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 two sentences. That's, that's the thing. It's like I said, but the, the, the twinge is like, it's a great song and miles has a lovely singing voice. So I kind of don't want to fix it. And, yeah. but like, and he, it's too late now. He already knows all the words, but you hear him. He's in the back of the car. We're on a car trip. We're like driving to mass and nothing last, last month or whatever. And like, uh, and we're, and he's, he's just like playing on his tablet and just going, mama don't know daddy's on the, at the body <laughs> shop doing something unholy. And he's like, just humming it. Like it's Barney in the backseat. <laughs> like, Oh my God, he's got yeah. great taste in music, but geez, Louise. No content. Well, one day he's going to be like, wow. Wow. My parents really <laughs> like our big rule in our house is like there's adult language and then there's kid language. Yeah. And we're like, I'm not, we're kind of flexible, like not permissive, but he doesn't get in trouble if something weird happens and he says like something funny that's not, but then there's like right. hate speech, which is like hateful language or yeah, insults yeah, yeah, yeah. or bullying, stuff like that. So that's how we kind of delineate it. For sure. So real quick, so we found out my wife was pregnant with the baby, you know, about a year, year and a half ago. Uh, we pull Miles into the bed and we announce that she is pregnant. And we go, Miles, guess what? We got some news. 
brace yourself, buddy. Take a deep breath. You're going to have a little brother. And keep in mind, for the, like months before this, he had been crying himself to sleep two or three nights a week, saying he wanted a best friend who lived with him. That was his, the way he phrased a sibling. And he would cry. And I would like go and like sit and agonize over this because I didn't have plans for another baby. And I was like, my son wants a sibling. And oh my gosh. So we're excited to tell him. And he goes, okay. And he, he also, he loves the MCU Spider-Man movies. I'll get to that again in a second. So we tell him we're having another baby. And he goes, and he gives like goggle eyes, like, what? Like that. He's very theatrical. And he goes, can I say one bad word? And he loves at this point, particularly, he loves two movies in particular. One of them was Jumanji with Danny DeVito. And in the end of Jumanji, Danny DeVito says, holy shit. So I expected Miles to say holy shit. Like we're right, we're ready. It's like, you know what? It's a big day. Go ahead. Say holy shit. What we were not remembering is his other favorite movies are Spider-Man. And at the end of both the first and the second MCU Spider-Man movies, they end with the same line. So Miles goes, Okay, you sure? And I'm like, Yes, you can say he goes, What the fuck? (laughs) Five. And I was like, no, no, put that away. <laughs> yep, yep, no, right, right that back, right that back, right that back. No, no, back. No, no, reel it back in, buddy. Reel it back in. All right. He looked, he like, ears turn red. He starts blushing. He's freaking out. It was very funny. So Dude, that was my, I'll never forget that moment. My brother. So I saw him over, I saw my brother over Thanksgiving and he's got um, his oldest is five. So a little bit younger than than uh, Miles, mm-hmm. and then he's got like a three year old. Yeah. Uh, so it's Adam and Luke, and Adam, uh, he talks to everyone. Like when from the time that he was a baby, like like my brother tells a story where he was at Disney and they were at a pool, and he's like swimming around, and Adam's like, "Can I go swim in the like little kids part in the same pool?" And my and, and my brother's like, "Yeah, that's fine, like, as long as I can see you." And he was like, "Cool." And Dan's like, all right, swimming around, whatever. He's maybe not paying attention for a minute and a half, tops. Mm-hmm. And he looks back over, and he doesn't see Adam. He's like, oh, oh God. God, Adam's gone. No. You know, you start freaking out. Oh. Blah. Yeah. Goes over there. He's, like, looking in the water. And then, like, he turns and hears, like, some chatter and some commotion, whatever. And he turns around. He looks in, like, in the corner of the pool deck. Mm-hmm. There is, like, seven or eight grown adults, and they have a <laughs> semicircle around Adam. And Adam is holding court, telling these complete <laughs> strangers about something, right? And he is just that. That He goes anywhere. He'll talk to anybody. And I love him. He is the cutest. It's so adorable. But because he talks a lot, naturally, he's very curious about, like, mm-hmm. language and what's appropriate and not appropriate. And he's figuring that stuff out. So my brother and his wife, Jess, they do this really cool thing where they give Adam <laughs> a physical place in the house where he can go and he's allowed to say anything that he wants any words he can try stuff out but he's not allowed to leave that space and say words that are not appropriate Mm -hmm. because what they don't want to do is have him do it and like not say it around them or feel like you know it's in there and then like it comes out at inopportune times like he has an outlet it's safe it's with them and they have to be around but like they'll ask him like he'll be like can i say a bad word and they're like no we got to go to our we got to go to our word space and mm-hmm. be like all right let's go to the word space and we'll go over there and i watched him do it over thanksgiving and it was i was like this is this is crazy this is super cool so i had never <laughs> seen that before but that was like i was like new and exciting that's cool but again i think it's a natural evolution of language like taboo yeah. language has evolved a lot yeah and honestly not that i ever 
the the downside of using cuss words or yeah. adult language is that it replaces generally a better word in a lot of cases. Like you're, it's a, it's like saying "ouch." You know what I mean? You're, you're it's being lazy. You could come up with something maybe more uh, creative or intellectual. You know, it's a baseline for language. I cuss like a sailor, so I'm not one to throw stones. Same. But I think with kids, for us, it was very much about like if you cuss too much, you're not going to communicate your point accurately. People are not necessarily going to respond effectively to what you're trying to say. And it can offend people because they have their own opinions about stuff. Like for a couple of months, like right before, like in the last fall, he would go around saying Jesus Christ all the time because he saw it in a movie. And I'm like, your grandmother's going to roll over. You need to just put that away. Okay. It's not okay. Just say Darth Vader instead. Whatever. Find something else. Right. Uh, so there was like an element of that. So I feel like, especially now with like culture yeah. kind of waking up to really what language is really harmful. Right. That's become more of a priority for us is like avoid things that are hateful or divisive or harmful to people. But yeah, like if we're, if you hit a home run and you go, damn, like I'm not going to be mad at you. Like I'm going to tell you to stop. And if you do stop, it's over now. Like don't be a yeah. jerk about it. And that seems to be a workable system. I like the 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 corner thing, but I feel like my son would be over there like singing Kanye West really causes yeah. a problem. Like I need to, like, yeah, I, yeah. You gotta gotta monitor him a little bit. My the ships are sailed in this house, man. Like the my oldest is eighteen, and then I got yeah. like a coming on seventeen and a sixteen year old and a soon to be fourteen year old. And other than the youngest, who we still got pretty good, got our hands around her in terms of like you know. <laughs> what you can do and what you can't do. Right. But the middle two and the oldest are what basically my wife has compromised with them is like, you can use whatever language you want. I just don't particularly want to hear it. Right? right. Like I don't want to hear you say it because you're my child. Right. Mm -hmm. So we've come to that kind of arrangement, but when something is uh, necessitating that extra emphasis, like sure. they'll, 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 they'll drop it out. I was talking to my daughter last night. She's just like, we're having dinner. I'm just eating taco. I'm like eating a burrito. And she's mm -hmm. like, she drops the F-bomb. And I'm like, whoa, that's okay. never going to get, that's never going to be, that's never going to be normal. That's never yeah. going to be normal. I was like, but okay, you know, I'm not going to like reprimand her. She can, she can do what she wants. And fun thing, I read this like a couple of years ago and Tony Robbins talks about this a lot. Like he swears a ton at his conferences and stuff. Hmm. And he's actually found out statistically they've done research. People are actually able to retain more information when you deploy um, like a sensible amount mm -hmm. of swear words yeah. because they are, they're like attention getters. Yeah. So like if you're talking for long enough and then you say a swear word, like right now, like fuck, <laughs> now everybody's listening again uh, to what I have to say. So that's like, it's, it's, it's that they've done it studies on it. It's like, it's true. So yeah. yeah, no, well, it's every language across the world has those, what we call it, like, expletives. Yeah. Well, expletives, like an exclamation is really what it is. It's, they've done co uh, uh, studies as well on pain tolerance. And if you, you know, hurt yourself and, or your, I think it was a bucket of cold water is what I read about. They, they put the people's hands or feet or whatever in cold water. And the people who were allowed to curse, like while they were doing it, were able to be like 40% more tolerant of the pain because it let you like your brain goes to a different space. Yeah. It's like when you're doing cardio exercise or whatever, and you're like, I don't know about you, but I'll be on a bike. I like to cycle and I'll yeah. be going up a hill and I'll like growl or I'll like roar. Yeah. And while I'm doing it and instantly my endorphins go up and there's a part of your body that just is like, all right, man, I'm, I'm awake. I'm getting chased by a dinosaur, like, or, or I'm trying to catch dinner. 
And either way, like it shifts how your body's functioning. And I, I know for a fact, like it makes me pedal faster and I'll, the pain yeah. goes down. And it's crazy. And I'll sit there silently for like 20 minutes and be like, Rah! and then suddenly I'm, I'm up the hill. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, the grunting. I mean, you see it in like mixed martial arts a lot. And I don't know if there's like, but apparently I think breathing is a part of it too. It's just like this exertion of air. So you'll hear fighters and they're like, they're like punching and stuff. I think it's kind of the same thing. Who knows? I'm not really an MMA expert, but it could be. Man, more body talk with Peyton Richard. I love it. More body talk with Peyton Richard. Speaking of body talk, I want to bring this thing full circle because we're coming short on time here. Let's talk about hit have some like milestones, have some stuff like oh personally we've been working on and, and, yeah. and, and you've been sharing. And I think about the time when this thing drops, we're gonna be hitting some some pretty big milestones for you. That is Unattended. true. Uh by the time what's that? Yeah, by the time this publishes, I, I should be just over the one year mark, completely alcohol free. Oh. Completely alcohol free. February second, twenty twenty two. I tossed out half a beer and haven't gone back. That's uh, most common question I get is uh, a couple of them. Uh, are you still not drinking? How long are you doing it? That's a, that's a very popular one. <laughs> Why did you stop? As though the answer to any of those questions is one that I should answer in polite conversation. But, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, uh, Peyton, I have three questions yeah. for you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, right. Right. <laughs> Um, it's, it's just, it's funny. Cause it like, it holds a mirror up to people. I find like their own habits and it can make them uncomfortable. And I'm like, this has nothing to do with you. I don't care what you do. It's fine. I'm both. Isn't, isn't that crazy? Yeah. I have never witnessed it firsthand. I don't really drink much to begin with. Yeah. Like it's a handful of times a year and it's almost mm-hmm. always like in a social setting, but I'm not like having a beer at night or drinking wine. Like during the pandemic, definitely drank some wine. Yeah. But then after that, I was just like, all right, life's back to normal. Like I'm past all that, but I have seen people. You and others who are like, ah, it's just not my thing. Like, I'm not, I'm not drinking. It's not it. People lose their goddamn minds. It makes them very uncomfortable. Wait, it's hilarious. What? what? Like, they immediately it becomes about them, and they're like, "Are you attacking me? Like, are you? Yeah. Why are you attacking me? I, because I have chosen to drink." You're like, "Dude, this is about you." I've had people ask me why, and I'm like, "I don't have a good answer for that. It just wasn't working great for me. I needed to make better, healthier choices." And it's just, it's funny because now I'm like, it's in my taillights and I'm pretty much bulletproof. But for the first few months, I definitely felt like the need to coach through people. I'd be like, oh, well, these were my habits and I just felt like it wasn't whatever. And they're like, but I only do this. And I'm like, that's cool. If it works for you, that's great. I don't care. <laughs> like, it's fine. I just, I'm almost 40 and I have a baby and I needed to, you know, just get better sleep and be healthier. Um, but it's good. It's long story short. I feel much healthier. I've lost yeah. 15 pounds. Uh, I'm, you know, for me, it was like, I'm almost 40. I have a brand new baby. He's going to be six when I'm like 44 and I cannot do this again if I'm not pedaling and, you know, adjusting my diet and stuff like that. And, uh, yeah, so it's exciting. Um, yeah. So just, just cross the year mark. And my answer to that, man, congratulations. Everybody at home wants to join in with me. Give him a round of applause, everybody. Thank you. Thank you very much. And, And if you're wondering, will I ever drink again? Yes, when everything is fixed, keeping in mind, I don't know what everything is or fixed means, which is what I tell anybody who asks, and they always chuckle. And I'm like, I don't even know what that means. Maybe we got a world peace. I don't know. But my my image is one day, maybe, maybe never, maybe I'll be never. like on a beach yeah. with my wife or a friend or I don't know what. And maybe I'll be like, you know what? I am going to have that pina colada. And that's like when I'm like, ooh, I could really use a scotch. That's what I think of. I'm like, one day, maybe I'll be on a beach in a chaise lounge and I will order a pina colada 
and I will enjoy it. But in the meantime, I'm fine. I'm going to make some tea. So it's been good. Yeah, good tea drinker here. now. Solid tea drinker. Let's go. Top three tea. teas. Like, what do you? What's your recommendation here? Give oh us all us noob tea drinkers. What do we need to know about tea? Uh, I start. I start the day every day with one cup of Earl Grey tea. Why is it better than green tea? Why is it better than all the other teas? Well, it's a robust black tea. It has bergamot from Italy in it, which is a, a citrus, like an orange, a bitter orange. Uh, it is Captain Picard from Star Trek The Next Generation's favorite tea, and I heard him order it dozens of times, hundreds of times in my life. So it was just in my brain, and I like it. It's robust, and it also has a lot of bite, so it starts the day kind of like a cup of coffee. Okay. Um, where there's like, it's got some weight to it. Wait, 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 wait. So I think we skipped over something here. So oh. you kind of also shied away from your traditional go-to caffeines, like in the form of oh, yeah. caffeine and other stuff too. So oh, yeah, refined sugar. Yeah, no, it wasn't just out. Yeah, it's like a lot of carbs and refined sugars. I don't eat a lot of stuff, stuff like that, except ice cream. I got a me and my son have a big soft spot for ice cream. But um, I got so, a big soft spot for it right here. Yeah, it's me too. Soft. I had uh, I was I was Jones and last night and I ate like a fist size portion of the remainder of my wife's ice cream cake from her birthday from December. Shamelessly. It was like two and a half week old ice cream cake from the outside freezer. And I let it melt a little and then just mushed it up into like ice cream cake paste and just ate it. it And then I went and and pedaled for 20 minutes because I was disgusted with myself at 1030 at night. This is a true story from just last night. Oh, I was for me because like I'm diabetic. Because mm-hmm. I did it to myself, not because I was born that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love sweets. I love carbs. I love like I grew up, and it was like if you didn't get dessert after dinner, like your day was incomplete. Like it was, yeah. a day, it did. We went through some ice cream growing mm-hmm. up, right? like, and that was my dad's thing. Like, and dad loves ice cream. Like it was a whole thing. And now, like, I met my wife, and I was like, you don't have ice cream every night after dinner. That's not like what normal people do. I was like, oh, I had no idea. But yeah. I tell you what will get me. So we had much ice cream. The Snickers ice cream bars are like my kryptonite, dude. Like they're so good. And so I was buying them pretty regularly. No one in the house would eat them, but I was eating them. And I would eat them like two at a time every night. Mm-hmm. And they were so good. And so I told Ashley, I was like, when these are done and I finish them, I won't buy any more in the new year. And it's ridiculous because I was like last night sitting and I was like, man, I could use a snack. Yep. If I had me an ice cream Snickers bar right now, like, oh, the things I would do to it. Like it would be, it would be embarrassing. <laughs> ones I love, like it would be my deepest, darkest moment. Like what I would do with this. You got to get on the mic. You got to get on the mic and unwrap it real slow and go ASMR and just, <laughs> and then just well, like start it's melting. Chocolate fall yeah. off my chin onto like my teat, and then I'm just like, oh, look at that. Oh, shirt. licking it off your shirt. Are you an? Are you a shirt licker? Because I'm oh, not. Get, oh, hits my I shirt. Everything on I'm my shirt. shirt. My dad is like notorious for if he has a shirt on by the end of the day, that shit's going to have a stain on it. And like, I'm getting there. Like I, like, it's like you're slowly become your parents and you're like, no, it's like this slow train wreck. You're like, please no, anything but that. And then I'm getting all my shirts are getting stained, but I will lick some shit off a shirt. No, no. If, if something hits my shirt, it is not food. It is no longer <laughs> food. I can't do it. I think it's because I've had a, a dog that sheds a lot for 15 years. I yeah. don't really know, but if something falls off and hits the shirt, that's what my beard's for. If it if it leaves the vicinity of the flavor saver, it no longer I no longer savor that flavor. That it, it's it's over now. Oh yeah, you got like an extra safety net though. Like the beard does help enough. It's like you'll catch, up like this. If it's past your beard, then like yeah, that was you were being obnoxious with it does make food. it difficult to eat creamy soups though you try and go with a creamy soup and a sandwich and you're like dipping some yeah. 
tuna fish and spaghettios don't ask it's i love it and like it gets all in this and i just constantly napkining it's anyway it's gross don't talk to me about soups man soup like if someone was like what's your favorite food i'd be like soup and they're like what? oh i've seen it i've seen Ooh. you down four bowls of soup in 20 oh, minutes oh my god i love soup bro. you're a soup machine soup machine oh i'm so good at eating soup it's delicious but it does like when my beard was longer i was getting ready to be in that movie we had like when we, we yeah. like david rotan's like 10 episodes ago mm -hmm. and I was getting ready for it. I had like grown out this gross beard and it was the longest it had ever been. And it's not even as long as yours is now, but I didn't groom it or anything. Cause I was mm -hmm. supposed to be like olden times. And so I was like, probably didn't have a point up beard shaver in that day and time, but I would just get all kinds of stuff when I'd be eating soup. It'd be like all in it. It was gross. It was super gross. gross. And my mustache. Cause I hadn't trimmed it. So it was like touching the bottom lip and oh. I would just be like, you know, what, you know what it was? It was a car driving into a car wash every time with mm -hmm. the little flappers hitting the car roof. That's, That's what it was when I was putting soup into my mouth every day. It's like that. that it's like that with sandwiches. Um, I'm really anal about my my mustache for that same reason. Like I'll let my beard go really long, yeah. but I'll always trim my mustache about a, an eighth of an inch away from my upper lip. That's smart. Because That's smart. if not, you eat like food and you're chewing mustache. And I find it to be mm. like I've been bald for like 10 years. Yeah. And uh, I'll talk to people with hair and they're like, do you miss having hair? And I'm like, no, at this point, I find hair kind of gross. And the yeah. idea of like hair touching my face or my neck or whatever would just like you talked about like tickles. It's just like I can't even imagine. So when my when I can feel my mustache in my mouth, it's like it makes me want to throw up my sandwich. So I just am very anal about keeping my my shit straight in my you, no could, uh, you, you could put on like a wig and yeah. just and just like test the tickles, test tickles. That's. On. When I get Halloween, well, Ashley will get me like a Halloween costume. Like I was Austin Powers a couple years ago and I wore like the, the wig and I was going crazy because you know, I'm used to just, I'm used to nothing. Like it's just perfect. Yeah. And it's completely low and just having it like touch my neck and my ears and my face. I don't know how any of y'all people do it. I'll be honest, I'm worried like I feel I get, uh, I get like bumps on yeah. my head. Like I get like a ingrown hair or something. Yeah. And so I worry like if I shave my head ever. Like you would just be gross. Like you would just be the. Like, uh, well, I use facial cleanser on my entire head from like my shoulders to the top of my head. So that helps. I'll be honest. Like, and not having any hair also, because I'm like, I say I'm shaving my head. I'm only shaving about 50% of my head. The rest of it shaves itself. So it definitely <laughs> no, in, no ingrown hairs when there's no hairs, brother. You yeah. know what I mean? So saves me the trouble. I feel, you. I feel you there. I feel, man, we have, we have, we have gone some places today. We have, okay. I'll be honest. I've kind of enjoyed not having uh, somebody to interview. I mean, we're going to get back to it next week. We yeah, got yeah. some people lined up. This is, uh, this has been pretty fun. Is there anything else that we didn't, that we didn't touch on that we wanted to with these last few minutes here? Uh, a couple of fun episodes coming up. I don't want to tease all of it, but we will be having a return guest. Our first Ooh. return guest. Return uh, we had him on. Uh, I think it was like episode 12 or 13, something like that. Maybe sooner. I don't know. J JT Treadwell, uh, futurist and friend of the show. Yes. Um, with everything going on in the world and the economy, both socially and financially and politically. And just, it felt to me like a great opportunity for us to bring back a familiar guest. Yeah. We, we can talk about some new things with him, uh, have a unique perspective. Cause he's, you know, about as different from us as you can get in terms yeah. of, you know, his religious background, his educational background and his business focus and allowing him to kind of come in with that third party perspective. For me, uh, I'm super excited. I kind of want to help him, have him help us focus uh, our energy in the new year and maybe see around some corners that we, we don't see. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he's definitely got yeah. an interesting perspective on life, and he can see some things that I think some of us have blind spots to. And what's yeah. interesting is watching like you didn't know JT before he came on the show. You met him, and now you guys have got like a great relationship. You're a bit of a fangirl, right? I'm such a fan. I have a real man crush on on JT Treadwell. No I'm all, I'm all for it. Like I'm kind of like you know I got got pushed out of this. Uh, a little bit, so I'm excited to have him back, so I can kind of fight back in there and get in between you guys. And, you know, and, you know, know. thing that did it, you think that did it? I texted him as like typical follow up because yeah. you know we're we're just doing our thing and nurturing relationships. And he like texted me back, but he was on the road, and he called me on the telephone, Ooh. like it was the '90s. What's that? I write. He he used his phone as a phone, and we talked for 45 minutes, and then like I hopped off and did a thing and called him back, and we kept talking. And I was like, man, we are like real friends. I don't talk to my best friend in the world on the phone. <laughs> so yeah, great. Shout out to everybody who talks on the phone with their best friend. Everybody. Every, cool. My mom texted me this morning. I'm going to call her after we get off the show. Uh, so, yeah. There's my resolution for the year. Return phone call, text messages with phone calls. and Return wow, people. text messages with phone calls. You're going to make some people happy and you're going to make some enemies. with that Very story. uncomfortable people. But you know what? Of- Fuck them. That's what, what I said. Fuck them. Answer your phone. And for everybody, number one pet peeve in the world, if you – do not make space on your voicemail message machine for when I want to leave you a fun, just like windy tale of a voicemail. Mm-hmm. Fuck you. That's what I got to say. Erase your shit. It's got a ton of storage. Just delete voicemail. All the storage. It's like 50 voicemails on there. And you know, there's they're all from so people many you can do. Like I called my brother the other day and I was like, all right, I have a lot of things I need to tell him. It's too long for a text message and it needs to be done very quickly. So I'm going to optimize this communication. I'm going to leave him a message. I had it all queued <laughs> up in my head. It was all scripted. And then it goes, the voicemail subscribers mess mailbox that you've received is too full at the moment because he's irresponsible and he's a fucking loser. And I was like, what? damn it. <laughs> it is a pet peeve of mine. So clear your voicemail boxes, people. And if I ever have a full voicemail box, you have permission to punch me in the face the next time you see me in person. Anybody. That's a standing invitation. I won't even mad. I won't press charges. Um, I will just be like, thank you. I I'm going to go with Stefan. I want you to walk up behind Richard. I want you to pat him lightly on the fanny and whisper really close to his ear, your voicemail box is full. I'll stroke out. I'll stroke out. This vein in my neck will go, and I'll just spray light essence until I stroke out. And that reminds me, when does your movie drop? And then we got to sign off. Do you have an update? Is it soon? Yeah, I talked to uh, all my murder death scenes are in the books. I haven't been able to see them yet. They're trying to make me like the big reveal. I got to see when the movie comes out. Um, But I talked to David end of the year. They were like, by January 1, I think all the editing was going to be done. There was some stuff between like, them doing like a, on the podcast, I think he was talking about they were going to yeah. be going like professional high end puppets, like from Star Wars, like the Rancor and stuff, how they did those puppets. Oh, and then cool. they went back to CGI. And then they're kind of trying to figure out the happy medium for the monster in the movie. But Creature Feature should be coming out pretty, pretty soon. You know, the tale of the Tenna, uh, it's going to be good stuff. I'm going to be ripped in literal half uh, in that movie. And my top half is going to be thrown onto the ground and just spread about so all right yeah well, when, it, when that drops let me know we'll book david again for like a brief episode and do Dude, like you know what we should do show. we should do a watch show live we should play ah, it, yes and then we just talk about it like uh whatever mystery theater 3000 or whatever back in the yeah. day we should do that but for the movie that's a genius idea dude, dude if we could do that and maybe have him and then like didn't he mention a couple of like somewhat famous people from the movie like, could we get one or two of them to maybe yeah. sit with us? I, mean, I couldn't get them, but he could call and maybe get them. That's obviously, yeah. Like, see if he wants to, like, do a watch party. Yeah. I would be so in, and I know all four of our listeners would love it. So I'm very hey, excited. Hey, hey, and this this is for you, all four listeners out there that are listening to this. 
you know what? You guys are you guys are the real American heroes, right? You keep doing things. You keep listening to what we have to say. One day we're going to hit it big. And you know what? You guys are going to be our first one. First ones. We're going to have sponsors. We're going to have giveaways and shit. And you know what? You're going to win all the giveaways, all four of you. So I love you. We appreciate you guys so I think that's it for today. This is what? What's this been? This has been a fun episode of uh, episode. Of Untold yeah. Riches, right? Untold Riches, episode 20. Thank you for visiting with us. We will see you again uh, for the next episode. Richard, it's been real. I'll talk to you soon, buddy. Peyton, always a pleasure, my friend. Take it easy. Pew, 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 pew. We're going to do away with them, but it's a new year. Pew, 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 pew.